You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's show, we got to look at the new NFL head coaches, a bunch of hires this week. We're going to address how to fix the Texans offensive line this offseason. Well, you know, if that's possible anyway, we'll try. Welcome aboard, everybody. I'm Robert Land, also host of the Houston Sports Talk podcast, my other gig, along with my old faithful co-host, Brian Patterson, who runs and contributes to Fanside. It's HouseOfHouston.com. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And Brian, the eight NFL head coaching openings are down to three. It's fast and furious out there. Uh, Coaches going left and right, finding their new homes. You want to go through some of those names? Yeah, let's start out with uh, the Denver Broncos hire. Uh, head coach is now Vic Fangio for replacing Vance Joseph, uh, 60 years old. Uh, so this is his first coaching opportunity throughout his whole career. So he's going to get a shot. He just said, well, if I'm getting the call, I'm just going to go out there and try it. And um, he had the number one defense for the Bears this season. He was with the Bears from 2015 to 2018. Important thing to know is that he was the Texas inaugural defensive coordinator. He was here from 2002 uh, to 2000. So, so let's get this straight here. We got a former Texans coach, Vic Fangio. He's the new Broncos head coach. He's hired former Texans coach Gary Kubiak, which I know you were about to get to as his offensive coordinator at least it's it's rumored it's, it's almost a done deal and they they're going to be coaching a former Texan quarterback Case Keenum Bryant this is so Broncos of them this is so Broncos <laughs> they're trying to bring the you know, I guess a little bit of the band back together uh, from, from what I'm understanding when I first heard of the news I'm thinking okay well you've got a guy that has been a coordinator through his whole career no experience as a head coach but then you hear Gary Kubiak is the offensive coordinator. So he's going to have a lot of people around him to support him. And uh, he, he can thrive in this situation. Honestly, with Vance Joseph, I don't know if he, to be honest with you, he wasn't necessarily put in a position to thrive like like this guy is going to be. He may be there a while, um, but we'll, we'll have to see uh, with what the Broncos do. Yeah, Vance Joseph, uh, I don't know if there's anything in his record that sh- showed that he was going to be any good. Fangio, you said it's his first coaching. You met head coaching, and, and, and the key with him is, you know, he's been around for a long time. You, you mentioned he was the D.C. with the Texans, you know, their first D.C. under Dom Capers. But if you go look back at his career, this is it's not a newcomer in the NFL. You know, he's been uh, he's been coaching a lot of different places. You know, he was with uh, after the Texans, he was with the Ravens, a special assistant to the head coach. He was uh, went to Stanford for a year, defensive coordinator. But then he was back in the NFL, D.C., with the 49ers then you said at DC and at the Bears. Mm-hmm. So overall, just quick thing, I, I think this is a good move by the Broncos because, you know, he's going to handle the defense. Kubiak's going to handle the offense. We know Kubiak as an offensive coordinator especially is brilliant. It, it's just a matter of uh, what he can do with Case Keenum. Could do a whole lot with him here in Houston, but uh, he's going to get a second chance at him, and, and Keenum's been through a lot more since then. Uh, what else? Who's the next guy on the list? 
Adam Gase is right next up on the list. Uh, he is now the head coach of the New York Jets. He's got a young quarterback uh, to work with, uh, with Sam Darnold, after spending you know time with the Miami Dolphins. This great offensive mind was supposedly going to turn around uh, the, the Miami Dolphins, but in terms of where they were ranked last season, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, they were 28th in offense. Yeah, I, I want to speak to that right there because uh, I'm not exactly sure why everybody's high on Adam Gase. You know, he's had the three years in Miami, started off 10 and 6. It looked like it had potential. Then he goes 6 and 10, 7 and 9 over the next two years. And I'm going to grant him that Ryan Tannehill was hurt over the last two years. So, you know, just a bunch of bad quarterbacks, including, you know, Cutler and Osweiler and et cetera, et cetera. So not an ideal situation, Brian, but it's hard to know what happened up close over there. So maybe he deserves another chance as a head coach. But I, I do find it weird that he's considered an offensive guru uh, because really the offense that he did the most with was Peyton Manning. And I mean, if you got Peyton Manning, it's not exactly a miracle right there. Uh, so just... I don't know about that move by the Jets. It, it, to me, it just didn't feel very inspired. It, it wasn't one of those, oh, we got a good, you know, new hot young coach or something like that. I think they could have done better than that. I mean, you might as well kept Todd. But again, it's all about another voice in the locker room. But, you know, how pronounced is that voice going to be? He's got a lot of problems. I think this team is in, you know, you got the quarterback, but then you, you've got a lot of pieces around him that he's going to have to build with this team. And that's going to be he and Mike McCagnan, former Texas executive, working together to, to put it together. Yeah, and also in the running there, former Packers coach Mike McCarthy used one of the rumored finalists. I don't understand why he was uh, getting retread so quickly. I mean, I guess the, the situation in Green Bay was you could say uh, they, there was just a dearth of talent, but you did have Aaron Rodgers. He never did bring an offensive coordinator that uh, really showed a, a lot of ingenuity with all these new offensive guys around the league. So, you know, I, I don't know. I wasn't sure about you know, going after Mike McCarthy either. None of their names really ex inspired me. Matt Rule, the Baylor coach, was on the list. But anyway, who's who's the next guy? Who's the, the next uh, hire that we, we want to talk about? Cliff Kingsbury uh, has been hired by the Arizona Cardinals. He is the uh, newest coach there, replacing uh, one-year coach Steve Wilkes. Uh, so he was the USC offensive coordinator for a hot minute, and now uh, he's with the Arizona Cardinals. Again, he has experience being a head coach, just not at the NFL level, of course. This is just one of those things about him being able to connect with young quarterbacks, his experience working with Patrick Mahomes, all of that played into his resume. And, of course, the guy, you know, he's he's a young mind and uh, he looks great in a PR campaign. So he's got it all going for him, in, in my opinion. But. I just don't know if this was the best hire for uh, the Cardinals. I think they could have done better than this. I, I honestly want to think that you, this guy, I think Cliff is a lot better in the college ranks uh, than out, uh, you know, head coaching. But again, this is just another opportunity for him uh, to, to shine. And um, we'll see what he does with Josh Rosen. Yeah, to me, this one should be interesting. He's going to call plays, but unlike Bill O'Brien, from what he says, uh, unlike Bill O'Brien, over the last five years anyways, we'll see if anything changes. He says he's going to hire an offensive coordinator. So he's going to bring in a guy. A lot of times these coaches, Brian, it, it de totally depends on who they hire at OC and DC. We make a lot of, a lot of big, uh, grandiose things about these guys when they're hired. But a lot of times it's, it's their ability to put together a staff, which guys they can go out there and find, which kind of minds 
you know, are out there. Uh, Kingsbury, like you said, he's pretty. Uh, and it's interesting because also, you know, we've never seen this. Like in the NFL uh, over the years, it used to be they didn't even like college coaches. Now they're going to pick a fired college coach and they're going to bring him in. I mean, Kingsbury, great offensive mind, uh, definitely for the college game. Uh, we're seeing a lot of those same type of stuff, uh, same type of um, play calling and that kind of, we, we're seeing it in the NFL now too, but should be interesting. There are a couple more coaching hirings we want to get to, but just uh, with the, another big round of the playoff games this weekend, it's another perfect chance to remind you my bookie is the place to go because who you're betting on, it's just as important as who you're betting with. They've been in business for years. They've got great reviews. Their mobile site's easy to use, and we can only recommend a service that's been good to us. That's why we want you to go to my bookie. They've got in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And if you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m., they're going to give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. What a deal. And we got to deal with you just by listening to Locked On Texans. You can do a little bit better than everybody else because you just use our promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer to get that extra $25 free play. That's it. Just LOCKEDON25 will get you that extra additional free play on deposits over $100. And if you wait till 6 p.m., you get an extra $25. Uh, it, it's perfect. Uh, and just use that promo code. Go ahead. Wait till after dinner. Take the extra money. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, Brian, what's the next uh, head coach that was hired? This uh, what's, what's the next guy on your list? Cleveland Browns, they finally made a decision, and it's what I expected. They hired from within. John Dorsey decides to go with Freddie Kitchens, uh, who was promoted to uh, the offensive coordinator uh, for Greg Williams. Baker so, Mayfield just smiled when you said that. Yeah, yeah they love each other. You know, you, you've seen on, you know, when the, when the camera goes to both of them, they have a nice, <laughs> they seem to have a nice rapport. Hopefully that, that continues, you know, now that he's the permanent uh, head coach. Yeah, this guy, it's, it's like he came out of nowhere, Brian, really, when you look at his resume, because... I mean, he's never he, he was never even a coordinator in the NFL until this year. And then he goes from coordinator to head coach, just like within a, a few months time span. But if you look at the rest of his career, it's, you know, this is going back to college, running backs, coach, running backs, tight ends, running backs, tight ends, tight ends, quarterback, running back. I mean, that's all he's done at different places, Arizona. Uh, uh, besides Cleveland, Arizona, he was at the Cardinals, Mississippi State, North Texas, LSU. So it's a gutsy move. I mean, that's all I'll say. It's a gutsy move. Uh, he's a guy that Baker likes. We'll see if he can handle the responsibility, and we'll see what kind of staff he can put together. He fired. He fired eleven. Speaking of staff, he fired eleven guys already. Um, he retained three coaches. He kept the defensive line coach, Clyde Simmons, running back coach, uh, Ryan Lindley, and wide receivers coach, Adam Henry, which is a possible candidate for his offensive coordinator. So um, I guess if uh, any half Texans, half Browns fans are listening, uh, that may be important to you. But uh, I, I, I would like to see how this works with uh, Freddie Kitchens going in-house. And um, again, they they can't possibly fall worse than 
what they have over these past couple of seasons. And I think it's going to be, um, you know, got pretty solid going you know, into 2019. It just really depends on how that offseason goes because they have a lot of fixings uh, to do as well, especially with uh, their offense. They don't have a lot. They've got a lot of talent. That's the key for them. I mean, to me, he walks into the best situation of any coach out there because they've got the most talent out there. You know, the, the last guy, Brian, can, I want to start with uh, talking about him for a little bit, Bruce Arians, because to me, this was the guy that of all the guys that have been hired so far, it's the best hire. You know, he's the, the old running, you know, he's hiring his old running mate in Arizona already, Todd Bowles, as his defensive coordinator. We saw what those guys could do, and that defense needs a lot of work, so that's awesome for Tampa. You know, already, boom, boom, right off the bat, you get both of those guys uh, you know, you, you add Byron Leftwich, who's rumored to be the new play caller in Tampa, who, you know, that was an Arians hiring back in 2016 with Arizona. So, that, uh, you know, they're getting the old band back together. And, you know, Arians record, though, I mean, you look at it in Arizona, 10 and 6, 11 and 5, 13 and 3. You know, th- then he hit some quarterback issues and that's what's going to happen. They're 7 and 8 and 8 his last two years. But and, and I think the the, the talent degraded in Arizona over those last couple of years. But, you know, Brian, Texas fans remember he was 9-3 with the Colts in, in 2012. He took over when Pagano was dealing with cancer, cancer. He did a great job there, did a great job in Arizona. It's my favorite hiring of all of this group so far. It's actually a surprising hire because, you know, you, you worried about Bruce and his, you know, his health. And, you know, he was consistently having to go to the hospital, being treated, you know, coaching the Cardinals. And then, you know, now he's back into coaching. I guess it's just in his blood. He has to do it. He wouldn't know what to do uh, without it. But again, I wish him the very best. But he's got some nice pieces over there in Tampa Bay, Deshaun uh, Jackson, you know, as well as Mike Evans. Uh, you know, hopefully he can fix Jameis Winston. And uh, the backup's going to be important, too, because uh, hopefully there's no switcheroo of quarterbacks like they had last season with Dirk Cutter. So um, it, it, it's a very, very exciting hire. Uh, and we, the Texans, do face the Bucks uh, next season. So we'll get to face them right off the bat. And that's going to be a road game, if I'm not mistaken. So hmm, I'm already having thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. We're, we got the, the Tampa on the schedule next year. Uh, let, let's get in this offensive line real quick because uh, um, I know everybody's anxious to figure out like how, how are you going to fix this. And, and to me, uh, it, it might not be as dire as I think a lot of people think it is uh, this offseason. But, Brad, let's 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 start with this. Um, Gilbert messaged us a few weeks ago asking, you know, what specific positions do you do you all think need to be upgraded during the offseason off on the offensive line draft and free agency? Uh, you know, how do you do that? Should we be looking for a new left tackle? Does that make sense while having Julian Davenport since he's done so poorly at right tackle? And, and Brian, that's what I want to start with. And, and I think, you know, I'm not just going to speak for myself. I'm, I'm going to speak for what I think the Texans might be doing this offseason with, with the tackle situation. In the draft, they are going to look for a tackle that can play both left tackle and right tackle. And and my feeling is with Davenport, I don't know if you just want to throw him to the wayside because if you draft a left tackle and say, this is my starter, then Davenport's screwed. There's no other position that you would feel comfortable with him playing on the offensive line. He's not a swing tackle because he can't play right tackle. And we've seen that. It's just not in his, uh, it's not in his skill set. So, if I'm the Texans, you, you, if you're going to draft a, a tackle, which I think they should in the first couple of rounds, 
then you draft somebody that can play both of them, but one that you would expect to be more of a right tackle. Even though Kendall Lamb did a nice job, I think you can improve a, a lot in that area. But it also gets somebody that's going to be sort of insurance for Davenport uh, just in case you know he starts off the year and, and you're not happy with how things go and you can move the guy from, from right to left. And to me, Brian, that's where I start off. Do, do you agree with me on that? Do you think that's... Uh, something that they're going to have to consider when they're drafting. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. The only thing I would like to add to that is they need to draft a tackle in the first round. The 23rd pick needs to be an offensive tackle. I disagree. I disagree. I, this is a deep tackle draft, and they need cornerbacks too, badly. And if the best guy on the board is a cornerback, um, and, and you feel like you can get that tackle in the second round, then wait on it because it's a deep tackle draft. Don't don't just jump. I think that everybody always wants to go, oh, this is what you got to get in the first round. This is what you got to get in the second round. It's not like the Texans just have one need and not one big need. We know they've got to fix the secondary. We're, we're going to get to that in another show. But I think, you know, I think tackle, even if you get them in the second round, it's fine. You know, and, and I, I don't know what they'll do the rest of the draft, but and I don't know what you think, Brian, but you know if there's a guard out there that is available, I, they they could go after them. I don't think that you're going to go after a center. I I think they're going to, you know, just stick with Nick Martin and see if he can develop a, a little bit more. I don't think he's ever going to be great. You know, can he get to average? I think that's might be that might be their goal at this point. But Martinez Rankin could very well be, and and I think this is what he should be: your left guard. And I would leave Zach Fulton at right guard. I don't think you do a total overhaul, Brian. They've done that too much over the last few years. You could still get a pretty talented cornerback in the second or third round, uh, but you got to address the offensive line first off the bat. Why? Uh, my opinion. Why? Because you need to get the best talent that's available uh, on the board, and that may be if, if they need to trade up to get an offensive tackle. I think that they they need to go out there and do it. I, I disagree with you. I just I I don't I, I watch the game on on Sunday again. Go back and watch the Colts game. The offensive line wasn't the biggest issue. The biggest issue for for the Colts game was the cornerbacks, and that's been the biggest issue for the second half of the season. I mean, it, it, they're getting toasted, and their guys are getting old. And, you know, they may do a lot with the offensive line. And these guys, some of these guys can still develop. I mean, Davenport and Martin can still develop a little bit. Martinez Rankin could could step in and, and, and develop into a good guard. Uh, and, and Zach Fulton, you know, I, I think he was definitely serviceable at the other right guard position. I, I just disagree with you here. If you have a, a solid, stout offensive line protecting your quarterback, Again, you can kind of lay back a bit on the secondary. You want to have every part of your team stout, but if you've got a robust offense out there and you're you're pretty decent enough on defense, especially in the secondary, we have you know some talent there. I think you can still fill those positions in later rounds, uh, but you invest in the offensive line uh, first. Now, in regard to the guard situation. I don't think you have to really invest in a guard this season because, again, Zach Fulton has been decent. Senio Calamente could be better. You could move Martinez Rankin in there. You could even move uh, Nick Martin to guard and then have Greg Mann start at center. So there's a lot of options you have with your guards. You have plenty of depth there. But we're all hinging our, our future on Julian Davenport, and it's not looking good so far unless a major improvement uh, is made. So you got to go for a tackle, and you got to go for it early. 
Yeah, we're going to talk more about that in a second. But just a reminder, if you love this show, spread the word. Tell everybody that you know. We've also added a new way for you to be a part of the conversation. You can call us and leave a voice message. Just call 903-265-9629. You know, put your Texan's opinion or question there. You're going to hear my name uh, on it. So if you, you hear me, it, it goes to my, basically it goes to my voicemail. So uh, go check that out. 903-265-9629. We'll put it in the show description in case you forget. You can always email LockedOnTexans at mail.com like Gilbert did for questions or comments. Remember, we want you to be a part of the conversation. And don't forget, if you've got that new smart speaker for the holidays, tell it to just say, play podcast Locked On Texans. You can check it out anywhere uh, in the house, hands free, real cool. If you got that new smart smart speaker again, uh, th- great way to 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 listen to our show. All right, Brian. So we've established that you you're saying no matter who's available, no matter what, even if a great corner slips down, uh, you say it's so urgent that they get a tackle, and 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 you're also saying that you want the tackle to be a left tackle because you you're ready to replace Julian Davenport. Is that what you're saying? I'm not necessarily saying it has to be a left tackle. We need a tackle period uh, to help out with the depth on that offensive line. And I get it. I mean, I just, I, I, I'm thinking that, you know, if there's a great cornerback that's there, you, you get, I mean, I think teams get in trouble when they say, oh, we're desperate for somebody. So we're going to, we're going to make this, you know, pick in the draft. If you can get a great cornerback, I mean, that's a, to me, that's an urgent, urgent need. J. Joe, we're going to get into it, but you got a bunch of old guys. There's nobody young coming along. Aaron Colvin is a, you know, is, is not the answer as we saw this year. So uh, to me, that I mean, we we can figure out how to fix the cornerback later. But I'm just my my point is this is a situation where uh, the cornerbacks you've got almost nothing, and the offensive line uh, it was serviceable. And also, Brian, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this point. You can fix the protection, which you need to do in other ways if you're the Texans. And, and, and I think that's what they need to do. I think it's going to be important for them to pick either a running back or a tight end or both in this draft. And, and maybe around the third round is where you can pick up one of those guys. And I'm talking about a running back and tight end will help you because you need a guy that can block. And, and to me, that's where they can do more for the protection of Deshaun Watson than anywhere because that it's, it's a joke how bad their tight ends and, and running backs have been, like I said uh, in previous shows. And, and that's where you can help out Deshaun as much as anything. It, it's not all on Davenport. And I just don't think Davenport was terrible. And I don't think Kendall Lamb was terrible. Could they, could you get better? Could you do better? Yes. But I, I feel like, you know, you, you get a tackle that can improve over Kendall Lamb and and maybe knock somebody off of their feet and, and open up some running holes on the right side, which would be nice for a change. But also it gives you uh, that option of, you know, if he's good enough to play both tackles, he can go over and help with Julian Davenport on the other side. Um, Nick Martin, uh, you know, Gilbert says, what happens to Nick Martin? Should, should Mance be moved to center and move Martin to the guard position? Brian, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that if they if they were going to do it, they would have done it by now. And I I, I think Mance is a guy that you want to keep around. He's cheap, mm-hmm. you know. He can play different positions. 
they got you know what they they're they're loaded with good backups on the offensive line on this team it's just they don't have the good starters they got like quality above average backups they just don't have good starters yeah, and that's that's the problem with that. And again, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I would love to see it happen just to experiment. And, and of course, now is not the time to experiment. But um, it, it's just not going to happen with this this unit being this far in together. And just also wanted to mention, uh, you know, our own Nathan Jones, Locked On Texans correspondent, put an article up, terrific article today about two guys that you can go after. You know, early uh, in the uh, in the rounds for the 2019 draft, he suggested Jonah Williams, offensive tackle out of Alabama, talented guy, and Cody Ford out of Oklahoma uh, as well. Both have high football IQ and enormous size, and um, and just good with their footwork and whatnot. And uh, I, I definitely recommend you guys to go check it out because he has film and just breaks each guy down. So again, that's locked on Texans. Dot com and uh, take a look at Nathan's, Nathan's stuff. Yeah, great point. Uh, nice work uh, by Nathan. We, we got to break down some of the other positions. We're going to do it as the offseason progresses on, on some future podcasts. We're going to try to fix some of the other positions. But uh, you, you got our first take on, on how to fix that. Uh, they, they can also improve. You're not going to find tackles, starting tackles in free agency, but they might be able to find another guard that could help them, maybe somebody that's better than Zach Fulton, uh, maybe somebody that's better than a Martinez Rankin could be next year, or you know, definitely better than uh, Senio Calamete. You know, th- they did that last year. Maybe there's a a guy out there that they can get that's a little bit better this time around. So that that's also a possibility. That's something that I wouldn't count on, but at least uh, that's an option for you anyway. Uh, Brian mentioned it. LockedOnTexans.com, um, Houston Sports Talk, my podcast. Go check that out. It's good stuff this week. And that's all we got for this one. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Mm -hmm.